0: Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach.
1: Welcome to a Wednesday, October 26th edition of the DC Daily Drop. Today we've got tons of DC movie news. Uh, We're going to start off with Suicide Squad's Blu-ray special features and runtime has apparently been leaked. Um, But I don't think we're really going to share everything on this because it's... Not official, and the only thing that leaked was a picture of the Blu-ray back cover, which, I mean, realistically could have been done by anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's not too crazy to imagine that somebody could have just done this in Photoshop. Right, so I saw, like, a bunch of official reports, but that's the only thing I saw. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it more when it's official, um, but the only real crazy thing was that there's going to be 11 more minutes of footage instead of 13, apparently. mm mm-hmm. But again, we should be getting official details on this within the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's coming out pretty soon, so I'm I'm not really too concerned about it. I know a lot of people are worried that where did those two minutes go that we were promised.
1: <laughs> I
0: was waiting for these 13 minutes. It's only going to be 11, so I don't know. I would say don't. It freak changes out everything. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our next story is uh, James Wan is was talking a little more about the Aquaman film um, and kind of the chemistry between Jason Momoa and Amber Heard um, and he it's this is from an article from Bustle um, and he says that it it starts off initially with them not quite clicking with each other, but then as the story progresses, as they learn to try and work together, they get closer and closer. Uh, and he says that I think this dynamic will be really interesting between the two because Amber's character is super strong. she's very powerful as well and you don't want to mess with her. And so I think, uh, we, we talked about this before, um, and you talked to Tom about how power, powerful Mara is. Like she, she's a superhero with, in her own right. And so it's going to be cool to see that, you know, they're not exactly on the same page, maybe fighting each other at the beginning and then, um, teaming up together
1: to go on whatever that crazy swashbuckling quest he said we're going to get. Yeah. Every, everything that James Wan has said about this movie just gets me more excited about it. Yeah. Uh, don't. The only real question from this is, you know, we know Mira's going to be in Justice League. So if they're not king and queen of Atlantis yet, Mm -hmm. um, I wonder how she's going to be involved in Justice League. Assuming, you know, the Aquaman movie picks up right after Justice League and there's not flashbacks or something.
0: Yeah, I guess these comments made me think that that is it, that that's going to be flashbacks or that the first part of the movie is going to happen before what we see in Justice League yeah um, I,
1: I could definitely see that mm-hmm.
0: yeah because I, I don't that, think it would make sense for
1: them to not be together in justice league yeah I don't i yeah that's that's the only thing that's interesting without having the sort of origin movies before Justice League. We sort of get the heroes as they are, and yeah. then i'm I'm guessing they've said you know everything's gonna continue to move forward, so I think the main story will focus on moving things forward, but it also could be. Flashbacks, You know, I think a lot of flashbacks showing the origin, like with the Flash and with Aquaman. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty,
0: pretty excited to see uh, these two really powerful characters maybe fight for a little bit
1: and then use their powers together. So, yeah, it would be awesome. Like in Throne of Atlantis, Mira just sort of is chasing down Arthur to Mm -hmm. kill him, basically, because uh, so he doesn't come back to Atlantis. And then she realizes he's a good, good guy. So she doesn't. Um, so maybe that's how they're going to handle it in Justice League or else, you know, maybe they'll be king and queen and we'll just see flashbacks to them in the Aquaman movie. All right, so we've got a little more news on the the AT&T and Time Warner deal that we talked about on Monday. Um, The deal is expected to close by the end of 2017, so this is, you know, when you're dealing with this big of companies, they're slow-moving. Yahoo Movies said that, that they're going to be a combined the combined entity will be a three hundred billion dollar plus content and distribution giant. The next biggest, Disney, is one half the size. I don't I don't think we even realized how gigantic this move was the other yeah, day. Right. It's <laughs> just like it's Disney is half the size of this. Like you just think about
0: Disney as the biggest media company that you think of, and it's like huge
1: and surely nothing is that much bigger than it, but this is double the size of that. That's right. insane. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Disney's a lot more massive than people even realize cuz, you know, they've got ABC, ESPN, Marvel, right. all sorts of all they've got their hands in almost everything on the entertainment side. So, for this company to be combined twice as big, it's it's interesting. I don't think it necessarily means anything for our purposes. Yeah, but it's just interesting and surprising. Um, but an article from Deadline came out since that sort of reported updated details, and it says that major changes are not expected. Um, basically, AT&T will be providing wireless services stills, still, and you know Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment will be providing content. AT&T CEO Randall Stevenson said that Time Warner will be a separate subsidiary because he doesn't know the first thing about TV and movie production.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, all of that makes total sense that...
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I th- I, th- I actually think that's really refreshing on Stevenson's part because too many CEOs would like if they got a company they would know a little bit or they would know nothing but pretend they did and so they'd try to make wholesale changes or something like that. Yeah, and you know even if they knew nothing, so I think it's better when the CEO knows that he knows nothing. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what not to screw up. Um. So. Uh, Time Warner CEO Jeff Bucus will be departing after a transition period. That's sort of open-ended. He's going to sort of help with the merger and then move on. Um, but Bucus expects that all creative and business execs within Time Warner to last for several more years. Mm-hmm. So kind of like we said the other day, short-term, this looks like it's going to have no impact. Long-term, potentially several years down the line, maybe AT&T will want somebody else in charge of certain aspects of Time Warner, but... I don't think it's going to affect anything that's doing well. Yeah. And
0: uh, yeah, especially for us, like a lot, a ton of the DC movies are already set up in production or they're writing the scripts for it, getting all the
1: crew together. And like, that's not going to change drastically because of this. Right. I mean, both of 2017 movies are done filming. The potentially three 2018 movies are likely to start filming probably sometime within the next six months. Mm -hmm. so i mean everything's still moving full steam ahead
0: yeah and uh, our last piece of news has to do with one of those 2018 movies um just a little thing uh chris ra 7 E N on twitter uh he was looking at the dda talent website and found like kind of kind of like a resume um for patrick milani uh that lists the flash um, as one of the movies he worked on and so he found out that Patrick Milani is going to be the costume designer for the flash. Uh, he had worked previously with Rick Famuyiwa on uh dope and he was the costume designer for
1: that movie. Um, yeah. He's done a few other movies too. I'm, I'm not an expert on costume designers. Normally I don't, I don't have costume designer rankings or anything like that. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm in a fantasy costume designer league. Oh, well, yeah, he's a, I picked you might him be, up. <laughs> you'd be the expert for that. Yeah. Definitely pick him up on waivers. Yeah. <laughs> That's our other podcast, actually. So, uh, definitely a lot of potential there. Tune in right uh, after but, this. <laughs> but no, we're not going to make like n- normally talk about costume designers or, you know, every cast and yeah. crew member that's involved. We just wanted to know, let you know, like, this is just a sign that more Flash news is coming. You know, mm-hmm. they're definitely working on things in the background, even if they haven't made a bunch of announcements about it yet.
0: Yeah. And I, I also have, I, zero opinion that don't really follow costume designers but it's cool to see that um rick famiua is um, working with people that he already knows is comfortable with likes their work obviously and so he's going to get be able to get what he wants in the costumes
1: right and and i thought the costumes were probably fine and dope i, I liked them i didn't notice them one way or the other yep. the most important important part of the costume designer's job for the flash would be the Flash costume but that's already designed. Right. So so like he's going to be picking out Iris's wardrobe and and that kind of thing, which is important, but we probably won't talk about it much more. Yeah. All right, well that's all we've got for today's episode. We'll be back again tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening and make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook and DCdailydrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.